October, it's what people call the spooky season. That means I got to, we have to reopen. Movies are relevant. First time in a while. It's been it's been some months, I would say, since Brooklyn Rebound Network here has had a movies are relevant episode where of course me and my boy, young Spooky himself, actually one of his many nicknames, maybe more commonly known as E Dashnam, or by his real name, which is Eric. How are you doing, young spooky E-Nonarticle? Man, I'm alright. I'm excited as hell to finally give the people what they want. That being the Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that we've been teasing for months. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. I know it's like like I said, it's a spooky season. It's the we're gonna talk horror. I know it's maybe horrific to you that you still have to hold out on talking about Evangelion with me at least specifically on the podcast, but. Just to check in with you there, I am cruising along through it. Again, I'm only doing one episode a week, and it is, what, a 26, I believe, episode. Plus, you gotta watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, my commenters are telling me the movie, like, for people who don't realize what we're talking about or what I'm talking about. Check out my Drew's Views, my YouTube channel, if you like TV reactions. Specifically, I'm doing every Monday on my Anna Monday segment that I do every Monday. I'm now doing a Neon Genesis Evangelion reactions. I think, yeah, I don't know, whatever this is coming out, but I, uh, the last one I did that's up currently as we record this, I believe was episode 15, maybe 16. Now I got to remember, but... Uh, You're getting on up there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm cruising, but I obviously I still can't talk about the whole thing with you yet. And what was I about to say, though? Oh, yeah. Literally, like, every other video I put up for this, there'll be one comment saying, like... Hey, you gotta watch the movie at the end of this, too. And I'm like, alright, I get it already. I, well, I'm gonna watch the movie, guys. You do literally have to watch the movie. I'm just complaining for a second. Not really complaining, but just, like, commenting on some of these comments themselves. People don't... I'm, I'm not expecting everyone that's gonna comment to, like, read through every other comment on all my videos. It's completely unrealistic. I get it, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't consider it at all, like, just giving information. Like, even that's fine, like... All right, I know there's a movie and maybe I haven't been told. I have, but fine. Now, like, I'm getting comments on, like, some of my old videos from, like, over a year ago that are, like, talking about specific things. Like, first of all, I don't remember. <laughs> I put this video out over a year ago. It's like when we do podcasts, would you remember, like, every l- little thing? If someone references something you said in a podcast, like, a year ago, you're probably not going to remember, right? Like, you could see the date. Well, I do I do get pretty drunk before some of these. All right, so, well, that's beside the point, but... Uh, I'm uh-huh. getting in the tall weeds with this YouTube talk, but um, Evangelion, though, <laughs> cruising along on that. I think the last episode, like I said, it was 15, 16, something like that. It was, oh, well, it was it was kind of about Masato a lot and Mr. Kaji. They were one of the main elements. Also, Shinji and his father visited the grave of his mother, so I think I got confirmation there that the mom was definitely dead or whatnot. Mom's for sure dead, and there's no body in the grave. 
Yes, that's what he said. I believe um, that episode's title is Those Women Long for the Touch of Others and Thus Invited Their Kisses. Uh, that was like, like the mid-credit one. That okay. I, that went by so fast I tried to read it and I couldn't even get through what, what episode was rolling. But yeah the, yeah, the episode title, at least for the Netflix one, was something different. But And then it had Masato getting drunk at a wedding and mm-hmm. then like mm-hmm. found out about her and... Mr. Ponytail Man, I still call him, their relationship a little bit. Yeah, it was a good episode. Importantly, spoilers for a 20-year-old cartoon. Kanji definitely kisses her immediately after she's vomited. Yes, and if you watch... Oh, I remember the episode title. It's called Lies and Silence. Because I said something like at the end, like it should have been called Kisses and something. Uh, one of my witty retorts, but as also Shinji got kissed by Asuka. Boy, did he. And then she insultingly went and gargled uh, <laughs> right after. God, it's such a great but show. But meanwhile, yes, uh, Kaji did do the kiss post-drunken uh, vomiting, so I guess he's, uh, yeah, he's a good guy, I guess. Well, we learned about the relationship, too, that he's, it seemed like up to this point, I also commented on this in my recap, but, um, like, the way she was acting toward him and talking about him, it seemed like he, like, did something wrong to her back in the day. But, but then we found out he didn't even do that either. It's seemingly... Exactly. So, interesting. But anyway, this isn't... You sucked me in, but you gotta watch the, the reactions for that. What people are tuning in for this is movie talk. I mean, they're probably tuning in to hear just our great rapport, Young Spooky. But let's get back with your Young Spooky nickname and talk some horror movies again. One of our movies are relevant episodes from October 2018. We did a horror movie uh, episode. Like, we're going to do... This is kind of a sequel, I guess. One of the main things we talked about in that... I don't know if it was a full debate, but we kind of went over the ghost and spiritual and exorcist, all that, that style of horror film, versus others, like maybe like a slasher or more suspense horror, psychological horror. The giallo. Giallo, yes, that's right. I, that's one of my favorite types of horror film, one of my favorite subgenres. And I'm more on that side, like the, the second ones I just said. You're more on the paranormal style one. That's your preference in, of subgenre. I am borderline obsessed with finding a good paranormal style horror movie that like will rattle my nerves just enough that it is difficult to go to sleep even though that I know that ghosts don't exist. Yes. One of my main points, or just from that first episode we did, or one of my just main reasons for liking one genre more than others or subgenre is specifically with those paranormal ones. Maybe it's a lot of it because I just don't believe in ghosts or any of this stuff. Like, I just personally don't think it's real. The fact that a lot of people do believe it also kind of irks me, you know, <laughs> whether it's that's fair or not. You know, it's just my opinion, like, or that's just what bothers me. But um, that's why I've never been into those type of movies. And I don't know if I said this last time or not, but horror as a genre as a whole was never one of my favorite types of movies coming up or... It's been like a recent project for you. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like anime was only a... Th- I never watched that growing up either, and I only I got still into don't watch anime. anime. I, just, I just love one great show, but continue. Yeah. No, well, this wasn't really about you specifically here. Everything's about me. I'm a cancer. I'm just saying, since we're talking about Evangelion, and that's like, I do those reactions to Anna Monday now. Uh, again, check out the channel. Gotta get an ad in for it. That's Drew's Views with a Z? Yeah, technically Drew Wilson is like, if you that's like the name of the channel, because I couldn't change that for an, other annoying reasons. Well, there we go. But Drew's Views is like what the series is called, or Anna Monday is specifically the ones I put out Monday. But just to say, anime is like what I've gotten into more in recent years, when I was like, kind of off-put by it 
in the past before I really got into it even more so than horror films like I don't know why I was off put by it or I just wasn't interested in it I can actually answer that question for you it's because of the other people who liked anime um yeah maybe you didn't want to be seen and I assume that this is true because it is and was and is true for me you didn't want to be seen as a person who liked anime because of the way that like those people interacted with the rest of like your high school I suppose that could be part of it I honestly don't think since you said high school I thinking back I don't really I'm sure there was people in my school that watched anime but I never really heard anyone talking about it I can guarantee you that there were so yeah, maybe, I think it was mostly that I just thought I wouldn't like it for whatever reason. I, I was kind of off-put by this animation style, maybe a little bit that was part of it, I think. Like, I would see, like, Sailor Moon, or clips of, like, Sailor Moon, I remember specifically, it was, a, was, like, really popular on TV back in the, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s. I fuck with Sailor Moon. That one specifically, I was, like, off-put by the animation, I think, when I would flip through a channel and see it. And even Evangelion is, now we're, now we're I'm sucked into talking anime, we're supposed to be talking horror, but... We'll get there. Evangelion is more in that style of like '90s anim- animation, '90s anime. So like, well, and you you know the thing about Eva where they they were just bleeding money because of reasons. Yeah. Like, and, and so a lot of the animation deficiencies that you're seeing, it's just that they couldn't pay for like mm. standard animations. Yeah. Like there are a lot of these beautiful shots, and there are several coming up actually for you where it's going to be a still screen for like 40 seconds, and that's because they could literally couldn't afford to do anything else. But it works. That show's brilliant. It's just just a great, just a great piece of art. Yeah, it really, especially in the past um, few episodes, I feel like it's really picked up for me. But anyway, back to horror. So horror is kind of the same for me, where I was never big into, even though I've always been a, a big film fanatic, that's the long word for fan, if you guys didn't know. A, a film fanatic, uh, mostly my whole life for the most part, or for a long time at least. Film buff is, I guess, a more common term. More so than a lot of people, I think. I've definitely been ramping it up in recent years anyway, how many movies I watch. But, um, like, I watch a ton more than most people probably. But I've also, with that, I've heard a lot of other people I know that are big, like, film buffs as well, that are really, like, into cinema, craft, all that stuff, you know core is always like mm. one of their big genres it seems like but it wasn't for me but more recent more recent years i have started maybe also because i know so many people that are really into cinema they go after these horror films so i've been trying to get into it more and with a lot of success i would say for my personal enjoyment but i feel like the paranormal films is kind of like the last frontier for me within this genre because i've seen a couple even going into tv i think when we did this episode last year you had seen Haunting of Hill House at that point. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it yet. And I started doing reactions to that around Halloween last year. And some people didn't like love my reactions. I, d- I got some more negative comments on those videos than I have for any of my other videos. Some people did like them, but that was because I don't jump out of my seat. Like, I'm not, like, as a as a reactor, I'm not, like, the most animated. You know, I have, like, a more dry kind of sense of humor and all that stuff. Like, some people were getting annoyed that I wasn't, like, getting scared or jumping at, like, the jump scares and stuff, I think, but but anyway, there I do have those reactions if you want to watch that, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that show, like, anything that drops on Netflix and is slightly spooky gets this weird, just, like, this is where all the people from Tumblr went when Tumblr died fan base, and it's, like, regardless of the quality of the thing, you'll get people who are just, like, devoting their lives to this show. So I feel like that may have been part of what was going on with you. Uh, that show ruled. Like, I really liked it. It was it was a little clumsy emotionally, but the ghost bits were all fucking great. 
Yeah, and I, I did enjoy the show overall. I think we maybe even did do a follow-up on one of our follow-up podcasts. I think so. Talked about it more, but I think the more, the character-based stuff was what I mostly enjoyed about it more than the ghost stuff still, but, but there oh. was still some good creepy stuff or whatnot or spooky stuff. I still think about the tall man with the cane that floats like a foot off the ground. Yeah, he was probably the spookiest element of just an individual. I guess the bent necklace is pretty creepy too, but... Well, there's a... When you find yes, out what happens. But there's a part it. in the middle when you know what it's going to be, but they haven't they haven't revealed it yet, and just, they just like outpace themselves with editing, where like she stops being scary. Yeah, it kind of goes in a full circle type of thing. For, but anyway... Yeah. The least spooky one, probably the uh, the clock guy that's fixing the clock that just like looks like a random worker. Yeah, it, it, it is a good like shining type reveal. Yeah, it, where, like, it, it oh, had a different you, purpose. You have been a ghost this whole time. <laughs> yeah, or you've seen it was also a ghost. Definitely a direct homage to The Shining with the bartender. Yeah, that's probably right. Not just an homage. Clearly, it was also like a key element in the story for like the one character. That's how they revealed, like, he was seeing it the whole time or whatever. Yeah. Speaking of direct homage to The Shining. Which is a horror film, of course. Which is a horror film and one of the greatest films of all time and absolutely the greatest film score of all time. Shout out to Bella Bartok. My real heads know. Is he the composer of that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I believe Romanian, maybe Bulgarian composer. With the name Bella, you gotta be around. Yeah. So, like... I recently saw The Dang Joker, which is a fine film, but not one with... It's not wonderful, but it's not one that we're discussing today. Uh, Not a horror film. I saw the trailer for Dr. Sleep, which is a novel that I unreservedly love. I I had a really great time reading it. I fucking inhaled it. Think about it a lot. I'm going to watch that fucking movie, and I'm going to love the shit out of it. It might not be scary. It's a sequel to The Shining, is that correct? Uh, Yeah, both the novel and the film are going to be sequels to the novel and the film. You know, I could have seen that, actually, a couple months ago, even, I think. Because you live in Los Angeles. You could have taken the 10 to the 12 to the Arclight. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been at an Arclight, that's true. But I went, to, I went to, the actually, the Between Two Ferns movie that's been on Netflix recently. I love that. I saw <laughs> it back so in, good. like, March, because I, the director of the film, Scott Arkham, had tweeted out, like, the next whatever, if, you know, we're screening. He didn't even, we didn't even know what it was at the time. They weren't allowed to say yeah when we showed up to the theater although i figured that's what it was going to be but um it's like if you want to see a movie and you're in la like sign up for this right now so i went and did that and i saw that back in like march but then since i went to that i think they keep they send me stuff all the time now like come to this movie what are they called um arc light it's basically test screenings that's what it is so like I, I remember getting one for like come see this what is it ewan mcgregor i believe I'm not especially fond of Ewan McGregor, but I'm absolutely here for him. Okay. In this in that this seems, role. Okay, okay, I was gonna say that seems to contradict, but for this role specifically, you think he'll be a good choice. Uh, yes. Or you're just anyone that would be in the role you're rooting for him because you like the property. No, like he's he seems he seems right uh, to play. I've forgotten the name. Well, anyway, like when I saw the thing for that test screening, I was like, I don't really care about this. Like, I'm not gonna go out of my way to go watch this. But um, right. I kind of was like, maybe I should have. But oh well. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have gone out of your way to watch it because you haven't been a fan of Stephen King since you were eight years old, and your aunt was, like, just throwing books at you on every vacation. Yeah, that, I mean, are you saying your aunt abused you by uh, hurling projectile, heavy projectiles at you? Or was that... (laughs) No, (laughs) my weird alcoholic aunt who, like, died when I was 19 
Had her problems, but never abused me. Okay, so throwing the books at you is not a literal statement, just like check. Mm, no. She basically forced me to become a fan of horror uh, novels and... That sounds like it's almost like a Stephen King plot itself. One of your relatives forces you to be a horror fan in sick ways. Well, if That's it was fair. changed to... That's real real misery hours out here. Yeah. I want to see Misery, by the way. That's one movie I've never seen still, which is You've never seen considered Misery? a classic film. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. I need to, I got to put that on the list of ones to watch. It's like your kind of horror. Like, it's like these are human beings doing things to each other. I literally just got around. This is also a psychological horror, I guess. I, this is, I wouldn't even consider this horror, but I guess it's psychological horror. Uh, I just watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Have you ever seen that? No, actually. It's from the, the 60s. Yeah, then I definitely haven't seen it. The, and that's considered even more of a classic, I would say, than uh, Misery. But um, I just got around to watching that. But it's like, um, do you know what the plot of it is or anything? Like, uh, no. In my head, it is confused with Rosemary's Baby, which I don't get to see because Roman Polanski is a rapist. But Oh, well, yeah, you should watch both. I know the plot of... I, I've read the novel Rosemary's Baby. The two films are nothing alike in terms of plots. Rosemary's Baby is about being impregnated by the devil himself and that's more uh supernatural elements obviously where baby jane is nothing supernatural at all it's just like um i mean it's basically a story about how two sisters are just cruel to one another it's joan crawford and betty davis so like there was also a tv show yeah. recently i think or in it was one of those uh ryan something ryan murphy i think is his name Yes. Not a what? Who also does horror? I think American Horror Story, a horror-based shows as well. This one wasn't one of those, but um, I believe that's the same guy. Yeah. It's one of these psychological horrors where one character starts getting more and more unhinged. Well, Baby Jane herself. She was like a child star in of like vaudeville era, like one of those little girls like dancing and singing and stuff, like with her their father or whatever. But then when her older sister, uh, when they were both, you know, teenagers, I guess, or in their 20s, they be, they both started doing movie like, real movies, and then the other sister was the one who had the talent, and Baby Jane did not, or it wasn't, people didn't like her. The sister that is talented, though, gets paralyzed in a car crash, where you're not exactly sure what happened, but the implication is that her sister Jane did it to her. Then it cuts to, a like... A single white female energy, a little, little misery energy. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then... Well, I guess a single white female, the, the girl wants to be, like, the other girl, and she tries to, like, steal her life type of thing. I haven't seen that movie, but that's the gist of yeah. it, right? It's not explicitly like that, this one, but it's, like, um, she's jealous of her, clearly, basically. But they live together as old, like, old ladies, basically, or in their 50s or whatever. And then Baby Jane starts just getting more and more unhinged, and she's, like, because the other sister is in a wheelchair and can't really leave the house, she, like, takes the phone away, and, like, it's, like, one of those movies where it's probably one of the first films like this, I would say, where, you know, the tension keeps getting ramped up by how crazy the one character starts acting, and, like, how the other one's basically trapped in a house or trapped in this scenario, you know? Get start getting like some real mommy dearest hours yeah well mommy dearest is based on joan crawford i believe who was the who plays the character of the one that's like the more of the victim the non-baby jane character but i don't know was mommy dearest a horror film though i thought it was like about how she was just like a bad mom or something or yeah but it was like she was a terrifying bad mom 
it was like my impression of that M. Night Shyamalan film uh, where they're hanging out with their grandparents and their grandparents are weird. Uh, where like, she's always around the corner. Well, she gives a really good performance in this film from 1962. And it is like a probably more unique as well for having to like they're both big stars but at that time this came out they both needed like a comeback because like you know hollywood works especially for women like there's not roles for like like there's not leading lady roles for 54 year old women or whatever but so it's kind of revolutionary in that way i think we're going to talk about some more modern films in a second but just while in the early 60s I also watched the ha- the original The Haunting, which is based on the same property of Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix show. It is based on the Shirley Jackson yes. short story? The, the, or novella. Is it even a novella or it's not a full novel? I wasn't even aware of that. It's not a novel, I think. It's short either way. Yeah, So, but I assume you haven't seen that either. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I haven't seen a single Akira Kurosawa film. So I'm definitely not going to watch a horror movie from 1962. All right, this one's from 63, to be fair, but your point's taken, even though I don't think that's... You got me there. I mean, I definitely think you should read... There are just things that are higher on the list that I'm still not getting to because I suffer from depression and just want to watch Bake Off all the time. I mean, we can't go off on another tangent like that, but Bake Off is a good show. I saw you had a tweet about it the other day. Are you watching Candace the new... from Bake Off Make Out With Me Challenge, yes. Yeah, that was a tweet, but I was confused then because I couldn't exactly remember who can That's not from this current season. No, she, spoiler, 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 wins season four. I'm rewatching. But you know, on Netflix now, I mean, and we're also going to talk about a Netflix movie in a second, uh, in the tall grass, I might as well just say it, that we both watched. But Great British Bake Off, you can watch it, like, basically the, the show from this week that airs on Brit- in Britain. You can watch it on Netflix now, like, only a couple of days later. No, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I, I, I'm also watching that season. I want to make out with the girl, my crush on this season is the girl, Alice, I think her name is, like, the girl with, like, the long hair, brown hair. Are you caught up? I, yeah, I mean, unless, there might be an episode that came out this week that's not I Netflix. Forget, I forget their names. One of them is, one of them is, like, real spooky. And the other has bangs. Uh, I like that. I know what you're talking about, though. I think her name is, like, Helena or something. But I guess good job getting us on track with... You're right. Uh, with the horror element. Yeah, every everything she would do is, like, a spider cake or, like, some ghost thing or whatever. That was, like, her whole thing. I respect it. No, my crush is, like... I don't really know how to describe her. The one with bangs who's been doing very well? No, she's cute, but I do feel like her bangs are... Even for Britain, I feel like her style is, like, well past out of touch at this point. Like, she needs to get... And I'm <laughs> I'm not even a style guy at all. So if I'm saying this, if I'm aware of this, you know that's not a, a popular hairstyle anymore. That was, like, the Zoe Deschanel, like, 2009 shit or whatever. She's a Yes. You know, but she's a very talented baker. She won a bunch in a row. Um, Three in a row. Never been done. Or, well, only been run, done once. Yeah, no, I like, I think her name's Alice. But I, I always have, like, on that show, I always, like, develop a crush on one girl from it or one woman from it. There's, like, all... Same. For me, it's always the French woman, but... No, I see, I, like, I know that, um... And we're just fully talking about Bake Off now, so... Sorry, sorry horror fans. <laughs> but I get it, it's, like, if you live in England or whatever, the or Great Britain or whatever the parameters are, like, you can, you're you eligible. But I do, 
they have some Indian people or French people or they always ha- they always have one or two people that don't have a British accent and I'm kind of like I'm not, I'm watching this for the British. I think accent. those Indian people are probably British citizens. Well, maybe, but I know they are all. They have to be citizens, I'm sure. But I'm just saying, like, um, I want people born and raised and make Britain great again. I don't know what I'm saying, but th- that's just what I'm into. But the Indian girl from this season was pretty cute as well. And I uh, liked her. Priya, she was funny. Yes. I like. I, she's, she's out now. Spoiler, but I thought she was pretty funny too. Good personality. All right. Anyway, enough bake off talk. Let's get back to it. Oh well, I brought up the haunting because it won't be a good discussion since you haven't seen it. But if you, if you at home have watched that, it was interesting. I thought pretty good. Um, but I didn't love it or anything. But I was noticing the things like the consistencies from it's not it's definitely not at all the same story of as the show and it seemed more of like a story that would happen after the show maybe even though it was back in the 60s or whatever not whenever the show took place but where they're saying about different families or things that did happen in hill house and then well and what i love about that property is that like the one story happened and in the story there are several stories that are hinted at and then the movie in the 60s is different from the movie in the 90s is different from the show in the 2010 that's kind of cool like there are it is a rich text to mine and some of the like the main character was named the same as i think the what's the youngest daughter's name in in haunting of hill house oh man the one spoiler that dies well you know she's dead in the first episode but charlotte and that's definitely not right i'm almost certain it's charlotte continue all right, but she is the same, the, the main character is, has the same name as her, I believe, and she's like the one that's like very most in tune with the um, ghosts and spirits or whatever. She's the one that freaks out the most, all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so that I saw like the parallel there. I see where they're pulled from that character from the show, maybe. Then the other female lead is named the same as um, the middle daughter with the gloves, the ESP. She has that. This character has that too. And her name I did have on the tip of my tongue. Now I'm blanking on that one, too. It's, like, a kind of a strange name. It is. Uh, I'll be able to tell you in one second. But in this one, it's, like, this investigator brings these two women to the house to, like, try to figure out what's going on or if ghosts are real or not. And then also the son of, like, whoever owns the house, I think, that's trying to inherit it or whatever. So those are, like, the four kind of main characters. But Theodora. Theodora, that's right. So this character's name's Theodora, too. Theo, yeah, Theo for short. And, like, in the show, Theo's, like, a lesbian, right? Yeah. I feel like in this... I don't think it was just from from being clearly based around the same kind of character, because she does have the gloves and ESP thing, too. I feel like even for this, like, early 60s film, they were, like, trying to imply a homosexual subtext for this character. Well, the one in the 90s goes all the way because it's the 90s. Okay, I don't think I've seen it. Basically... I forget, but there's some weird, like, very fascinating thing where she is or probably is or is finding out that she happens to be gay. And there's, like, a borderline romance with a ghost because of the energy there. That movie is a very fascinating mess. Is that, like, Liam Neeson's in that one or something? I think so. And maybe Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Is that the Theo character or different? I think so. Also, the youngest daughter's name is Nell, not Charlotte. Sorry. That's right, no. And I think it was the, in, in this 1963 one, too. But I was wondering, you have have you read the novella? It's been years. Mm, but you, ha- okay, you have, but you just don't remember. I'm wondering if there is, like, a... It, it's been years, and it left less of an impression, honestly, than We Have Always Lived in the Castle. What's that? 
which is maybe her like best known Shirley Jackson's best known novella. But I liked it. Was there a movie based on that title or on that property? I don't. I think almost so. feel like scrolling through Netflix. I've like seen some random, some random thing that like had that title, maybe, but maybe not. You are thinking of "I Am the Pretty Girl Who Lives in the House." Could be, could be, or something. I thought it was something castle, some castle thing, but maybe not. But yeah, I was just kind of wondering if in the novella there is like some lesbian subtext as well that, that where they're pulling this from, or is it like do they make this character in the new one that because like they're picking something up from this original film i think that would be interesting maybe i don't know well there are so many texts they could have drawn from yeah some texts uh which is just like and i'm so excited for the second season of that which i think comes out next halloween but it's not going to maybe the second season will be more about more like this this film um well the second season is going to be based on turn of the screw it's not nothing to do with hell house nothing got it which is fair they wrap that story up but are they still calling it, like, Haunting of Hell Season 2, or it's just... Uh, like, it'll probably be called The Haunting of Something. The Haunting of it's the Screw. It's definitely based on Turn of the Screw. That I know. And, like, I'm super lit for it. Yes. Well, so they didn't get it out for this Halloween, though, I guess. No, I do believe it's, like, a... We learned about it as an internet culture when it went into production earlier this year, so it definitely was next year. Maybe Halloween 2020. I just feel like they'll want to still make it around October or whatever. Like, why wouldn't you? Well, and so I guess... Well, a movie like in the Tallgrass, Stephen King thing, they probably would have put that out any time. But in this case, it was in October, right? It did just premiere recently, is that right? Yeah, it coincides with Netflix panicking about Disney Plus and... Is that what you're calling it? Really, uh, it's a... My favorite podcast uh, started this. It's not a thing that I do. Oh, other podcasts, the one you always reference? Other podcasts. So, like, Netflix has been hammering the horror content this month it is the easiest fan base to please i probably don't quote me uh and like they need it's a business strategy they need dedicated viewers because disney plus is going to take a lot of the things that people come to netflix away from them so is the nbc app so is apple whatever whatever they have been hitting horror the genre itself pretty fucking hard uh this month they've got like this whole new like critically acclaimed movies starring a female lead They've got a whole band of that that's just called, uh, like, Netflix and Chills. Like, they're working very hard. Wait, they're not really calling that, are they? <laughs> uh, I believe that they are calling it that. Uh, I haven't seen it pop up in my own thing. Well, I don't care for that. Well, I guess the one thing, too, with that is, like, horror is, like, the cheapest films to make, generally speaking. Yeah. So the, the return on profit you can get for it. I mean, this is for theatrical ones, obviously, too even more so about the money aspect the return on investment but like it is like one of the cheapest ones to make so that's probably part of why there's so many of them in general not just on netflix but in general yeah but yeah that also might go in a little bit into why a lot of big movie heads are you know uh, film buffs all that like people into the craft um of filmmaking maybe why they like it so much to the genre because of the diy aspect of a lot of them maybe that's theory at least that's why i like a lot of things so yeah probably um yeah let's get to in the tall grass it's the most relevant one right now i guess but also so i watched it yesterday and i actually did a little patrick wilson double feature did you well i go guess ahead. you can go, go ahead, ahead and guess. go ahead no go ahead go ahead and guess i think you probably can but guess what i followed i followed up with did you watch conjuring and or conjuring 2 
Just the first one, but yes, I did. I did finally watch. It's the better one, but Conjuring Two slaps. Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah! Can't wait to talk to you about that. We'll get there. And just to just to spoiler alert this, I will say I like the Conjuring better than In the Tall Grass. It's a better movie. Do you agree? Well, undeniably. So In the Tall Grass is a Stephen King short story. And he's just, like, giving these away. Like, he's done He's done being the guy who famously tried to stand athwart The Shining, which is one of the best films ever made. Didn't he try to do his own version and did, like, a TV movie one that he dire- maybe directed or wrote or something, like, in the 80s, maybe? I think the... And this may be apocryphal. I think the ambient knowledge is that he tried to do that and it did not get off the ground. Because you already had Jack Nicholson... Starring in a film by Stanley Kubrick with a score written by Bella Bartok. Like it it was done. It's the it's one of the fifty best films ever made. We don't need a Stephen King sanctioned version of it. It's so fucking good. It might be my favorite movie. Anyway, In the Tall Grass is one of the short stories from one of the many collections of short stories. It's like a monkey's bar or like in from a Buickade or whatever, whatever whichever one of those that's from. And this movie? Uh, C plus. C plus. Yeah, I think that's about where I am with it. I didn't even realize it was a Stephen King property till after the fact. I looked up, or actually I probably looked it up while I was kind of watching it, but I saw that it was Stephen King, yeah, short story or whatever. And then I also saw that it's directed by, have you ever seen the film Cube from the late 90s? Yes. It's that's this director, I guess, as well. And he hasn't really done that I could see he hasn't done anything in a while, and this is his comeback here. This is a lot better than Cube, I'll say. Well, it's I mean it's the acting is certainly better, the production is better, everything like that. I don't know if I if I had to watch one again, I probably would watch Cube over this, I don't know. That's fair. Uh Cube I will give it credit for kind of starting a certain genre of film. Or, again, I keep saying subgenre. Cube is directly responsible for the creation of Ghost Ship and the original Resident Evil film. You can't sit here and tell me that, like, people find a weird place and go through things and the house is turning against them or the ship is turning against them. I haven't seen that, so I don't <laughs> and know. tell me but... Cube isn't responsible for that. Yeah, well, but not, I was thinking more even movies like Saw and things like that where you're, like, trapped yeah, in something and you have course. to, like, do horrific things to get out of it. That's where I was going, but, um... Yeah, so it was, maybe that was a little revolutionary as well. But yeah, it's, his name's like Vincent something, Nefali or something like that. I think he's Canadian. What I will say about, I, I'm not surprised that it was based on a short story because my general thought was it should have been like a short film, maybe not a, an hour and 40-ish minutes or whatever it was. I, I feel like the story would was only enough to cover more like 45 minutes. At, like a TV show length, maybe even like an hour-long TV show. It... Yes. So there's that point where it turns back on itself, and we're spoiling this, by the way. Yeah, full spoilers ahead, I I guess. There's that point where it turns back on itself, and the boyfriend comes to investigate, and he enters the maze in their past, but he got there from the future, and when he meets them, they don't understand why he's there, or it's like, this could have happened in several other ways. But it, it is, like, grasping at that Stephen King thing where, like, yes, I am writing a horror movie about a killer dog or a killer car, but actually, 
or like a, a a teen girl who can set an entire town on fire with her mind but actually it's about the things that these characters are feeling for and about each other and it, it works in the exact same line uh i just don't think it's as good as like fucking carrie or salem's lot or the shining as a story like the base text i'm saying i guess i would say i I'm not even sure that I 100% understand how it works, the whole grass, tall grass, like... Yeah, and it's, like, movie magic shit. Like, we're not necessarily meant to understand, like, it's a place without time because of the alien artifact. But, like, he's trapped at the end, but they're safe because yeah. he tells them to get... Or, well, the kid comes out, but oh, but he's stuck in there, the guy. The baby, the baby daddy. And it also does the classic, yes... It also does the classic fucking movie magic thing where it opens the can of worms for, like, time travel and, like, alternate universes and, like, living the same moment over and over in a loop until you get it right, but also doesn't, isn't required by its own internal logic to deal with what it has done, which helps it dramatically. We should say, like, they find their own corpses over and over again, and, like, every time they get there, it's like, well, you were always going to betray me. There's, like, that one, that the one line from the Patrick Wilson character, it's like, uh, you, you've turned left, you've turned right, like, whatever, like, I always catch you, and then this is the one time. But you didn't. And they show the line of the dead bodies, right? Yeah. All in the same position. I will say, it definitely, the film definitely needed Patrick Wilson injected into it for some gravitas, I guess, or some, like star quality of like a good actor i don't yeah i don't know any of the other actors names <laughs> yeah that other acting wasn't like terrible or anything actually the kid i thought was pretty good for a child actor he's fine yeah he had a very old timey looking face like he looks like he should be in like the little rascals or something from like the 20s or 30s or whatever he had a very like old face like that you know what he gives me yeah he gives me mad like walking dead vibes he just belongs on that show but yeah the it was a TV movie quality acting overall, probably. Yeah. Also, like, the brother-sister thing. I'm getting a little... It was only implica- implications, I guess, but I'm getting a little worn out on, like, the siblings in... This wasn't the siblings in love with each other. I guess maybe just the brother had feelings for her, I guess. Or that's what the baby daddy guys seem to imply. Whatever. I'm getting a little uh, tired yeah. of that whole... Thing. And King has, like, dealt with... Yeah, King works on that in some of his, like, famously in in It, like, the the one female character has an abusive father who it is strongly implied, if not outright mentioned, that the abuse is sexual in nature. It's implied in the film, at least. That's all I know about this property, but... Both films, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm specifically talking about... Not even about sexual abuse at all. I'm talking about a plot element in a lot of movies and TV now about, like, siblings being into each other in some way. I, I mean, it's obviously Game of Thrones is, like, the big, the whole incest thing there, which, fine, works fine in that, but I think maybe that might be part of the the renaissance of, like, in, in, incest or quasi-incest-based uh, media, which I'm getting a little fatigued on. But overall, I think it would have worked better for me as, like, a... One of these anthology shows, maybe that does like an hour or 45 minute episode. Like, I think it would have worked better is that for my money. Another thing, like, I just had this thought, I guess this will get in The Conjuring too, and just mo- horror movies in general, in the tall grass as well. It was cooking for me at the beginning. Like, I liked what was getting set up. Mm-hmm. And even when they introduced the boyfriend character, the baby daddy, when he, when he gets in, I was like, all right, this could be interesting here. 
like the party goes he looks in the church or he sees their car and he's like finds the bug he's like what's going on here and then just moving over to the conjuring the whole setup of the whole family and like everything and when they're moving the house like a lot of times in these horror films i like the beginning of them a lot better than where it goes a part of it's because you kind of know something bad's gonna happen or something it's like the tension build up I like seeing the regular life of the, these people and whatever, or whatever is happening, just when you know something's going to happen. That's, like, exciting to me in a film. But then a lot of times where it goes, then the tensions are removed, and I don't like it as much. You, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, and in a lot of fucking horror movies, there's this pathological almost need to, like, show you the spirit that's haunting the family and like show their motivations and have this dramatic confrontation where the ghost gets what it wants and 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 then leaves them alone and inevitably that is a letdown uh i would agree with that do you want to talk anything more about the tall grass or should we get into the the conjuring i think the sound in the movie really works with the whispering and like the what were they whispering i couldn't quite tell non-english languages see i thought it sounded to me like they were saying something like "Eh." Maybe it was just supposed to sound like it was something, but... I was picking up on, like, one sentence, but I can't remember what it was now, but I thought they were kind of saying something in English. I wish you did know what that was, because that would be fucking cool. Um, but just, like, the whispering and the and the grass, and the moment when it stops, like, three quarters through, shit like that and the, the music, I will always be interested in the music from a horror movie, just because of what I thought I was going to do with my life when I was in my early 20s. But you don't know who uh, who did the music on the who who the composer on this one. Was. I'm not familiar with. Hey, I didn't look it up. Bella Bushwick, Bella <laughs> Bella Tauger. It was definitely the best part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy a good soundtrack and and things like that and a score rather, I guess not soundtrack, but um, I just don't. That's not where my brain always goes. Like I'm not always good at discerning that as much. So it's not what I focus on a lot in films but i know that's what a lot of people say about movies like or a lot of people really are into score and it definitely can make or break some films i just remembered something from it i guess the one probably the best or the most creepy shot was like when i don't even know if this is supposed to be a dream or what was really happening but like when they went under the ground and you saw the little creature things under there that was pretty creepy yeah that ruled also it's it's a it's a very brief shot but the very first time that the girl gets got, where it's like, you've just been told, or you're about to be told that she's going to keep dying over and over. But she she's walking through the... And I thought that was a good mechanic, too, um, to take a slight tangent. The way that they were constantly trying to find each other, couldn't see each other, and every time they got to where they thought each other were... They were not on the same timeline, or, or yeah, or like further away, or they jump up and they see each other close, and they jump again, and yeah, far away, like that sort of thing. I really liked that, and I think that that features in the story, which I haven't read in almost certainly twenty years. So this is an older one too. I was thinking for some reason maybe it was like a newer short story. Um, I believe that it was available in one of the collections that I uh, tore through as a child, as a at least a preteen. Anyway, they're just like. There is a really good jump scare where she's just, like, looking through the grass and she turns slightly. And it's, like, I think her or maybe the mom from the other family uh, just, like, right there. And then you can hear the screams in several other scenes as as time goes by. Okay, I don't remember specifically what you're referencing, but... Anyway, that was cool. That and the sound mixing in Patrick Wilson is a good actor. 
Yeah, and I think it, it is a good idea for a setting for a horror film, or it's just like a cool mm-hmm. setting in general. Mm-hmm. Like, but again, it just doesn't. There's only so far you could take it with it. I think. Also, this is just a pretty random tangent on it, but like at the beginning when when she pukes, throwing up doesn't normally bother me too much in movies, and there's like a lot. It happens a lot in movies, especially in the favorite, like we talked about, where every character did. Yeah. But um, this one was, like, really gross to me for some reason. I don't know what the effect on it was, but it was, like... And they showed it again, like, on the ground, I think. That one was, like, grossing me out. I don't know why. Yeah. If you're someone who doesn't like seeing vomiting, which I know some people are like that, you might want to avoid this one just for that alone. Yeah. Yeah. Very random tangent, but... So, what is it called? The, the Conjuring. Fuck yes. How many times have you seen this? Is one of your favorite horror films? I've seen it four times. It is one of my favorite horror films. I would also say that it is, um, and before you say, I, I, I need to say this before you uh, tee off on it, this is probably, like, this is pretty widely considered to be, like, one of the top, one of the well-regarded, at least, we'll say, uh, horror films of, like, this generation. Of the decade, yeah. yeah. I think it's from 2013, I want to say. Yes. I was aware of that. It. I think it's one of the ones that kind of broke past just the horror fans like it was considered by a lot of people just be just to be like a really quality film in general and when there is films like that i often will watch them even if it's um not necessarily something just by the plot that i'm necessarily interested in but if it has enough critical acclaim i'm one of those people i'd be like i want to check it out but i think specifically with this one it was the paranormal elements that were keeping me away yeah and i just kind of like i was like kind of randomly watched yesterday like i i had p wilson on the brand from the tall grass i was like i should watch another horror film i know you like this and we're gonna podcast so i was like I'm, i might as well just get over it. it's on netflix so i watched it and i did like it i thought it was a good movie right um now there was no one warned me about how many daughters are in this damn thing this has got to be like some of the this has got to be one of the most daughter heavy films i've seen that i can remember in this one Okay, yes, there are, like, three daughters in the main family, and There's also five. aren't five, goddammit. Plus the Patrick Wilson and Farmiga have a daughter. I was about to say, also aren't there flashbacks, zipbacks to uh, Pat, the Wilsons, or not Wilsons, uh, the Warrens' home where, like, something weird is happening and their daughter yep. is in the house? Not, it's, yeah, not even a flashback, it's just, like, part of the narrative. Is the Annabelle, because, like, I, I, I do want to briefly at least talk about Annabelle uh, Comes Home later, is the animal doll in that movie? I forget. Yeah, it's the opening part. And I will say, it opens with uh, about Annabelle. I think it's to set up, what are their name, the Warrens. It's to set them up and what they do. They're yeah. talking to these girls about it. Who are also, like, real people. Who yeah, have, no, like, and I, they showed them... At, ghosts aren't real, so... They show them at the end, you know, and they're real people, and I'm like, well, this guy... I mean, it's a very common cliche, like, the, the actor's a lot better looking than the real person, but, like... For the war and for the yeah. the one Patrick Wilson played, I was like, all right, this guy, this guy certainly got quite a quite a quality upgrade here. But um, yeah, it opens with Annabelle, and at that part, I was kind of like, all right, I don't know about this. Like, I didn't enjoy the opening really. I thought it was kind of stupid. I really just think a doll is not scary in any way to me. A doll being moved around on its own is not scary to me. Nothing about it. I'll I can't. I just note. can't get behind it. I really can't. I'm sorry to people that think it is so at that point i was like "Eh, all right but it wasn't really a main point of the movie and then when they do go back to the daughter later the annabelle doll is back with terrorizing the daughter for one scene which i didn't also kind of thought it was not really necessary in the film i know they wanted to tie it in with like 
Farmiga and her daughter and like what she's experiencing here and all this but like and crucially they also wanted to set up yeah I mean I think that's more part of it but the other spooky stuff like the other paranormal stuff at the actual house I was getting behind a lot of that stuff like yeah there were one part where she gets dragged around the room the one daughter I thought that was a cool effect mm-hmm. you also cannot tell me that like you didn't fucking feel your spine get pulled out of your body when the child was playing like the the like hide and seek game and that the the witch's hands come out of the wardrobe yes and I did I like this the game in general was uh cool like the, what hide and clap or whatever I never really heard of that before maybe it's like a more old-timey way to play what well, this movie was like in the early 70s or something but uh, I thought that was like a that was like a cool version of hide and seek that seems more fun. Yeah, and also the daughter gets the yes yeah, so that was a pretty spooky part with the mom there. The daughter also got a jump scare in on her mom <laughs> with the yes. little mirror thing, which is funny. Um, very precocious, the youngest daughter. I like that that act. All the acting was good. Like all the daughters, child actors were pretty good. Yeah, the quality of these films really shines. The one I recognized from a bunch of stuff. In comparison to yeah, the yeah. others, the one the one daughter I think is like on like a Hulu show now where she's like bald on the. Um, I recognize her from the poster of the show. Yes, uh, the I act. think it's about like Munchausen by proxy or something. Yes, but she is good. Yeah, and it was like similar to Haunting of Hill House. Some of the stuff like the, when you're sleeping or whatever, or you see it behind the door, or the ghost grabs you, your feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought it was very well directed very visually good also the scene where farmiga falls down that got me for a second where she like falls through like all the floors or whatever in the one part yeah yeah that's pretty lit but even that goes back to like it's more scary to me like something that could actually happen like falling through some floors not just like a ghost pulling you or whatever i love the way they use the house in that movie yeah very good set and really orients you to where everything is type of thing yeah yeah, and, like, the the one person who's possessed is crawling through the walls and in the basement um, in a really, like, weird way. And it creates this, like, really, like, claustrophobic sense of dread. And you, they do have to find her. They do have to get... It's the mother, right? Uh, they do have to get her out of the fucking floor. But also, she's possessed by the ghost of a witch who is also a demon. They have to exercise her. So Patrick, uh, Patrick Wilson has to do it, even though they say he's not a priest and he can't do it. But then, then he just can't do it, I guess, or whatever. Right. That's the main thing about the the film and these films in general, like, and especially knowing this is based on real people. That's just what bothers me about these things, like, thinking this people are thinking this stuff is real. The movie The Exorcist, I think, is a great film as well. But even that is the whole Catholic thing of like, a, it's real. Like a priest really does it. And even in The Conjuring, there was like a quote at the end from Warren, the real guy, was like, "I know it's real. God and the devil are both real, and you have to choose this out." Whatever, some quote like that. And that's, I'm just like, come on, like, I, I don't believe that, I'm sorry, like, it's not real. And, like, setting it up as, like, a pseudoscience, basically, that, uh, I don't know. Yes. And they say it's a true story. I like, am based on it. fine with suspending disbelief in that way. Yeah, I don't know. It's not even, like, I can't suspend disbelief, but they're just, like, you're not supposed to be suspending disbelief because they're trying to tell you that it's real, you know? Like, the Warrens, if they're, I don't know if they're still yeah, alive or whatever, I understand. or they're dead by now or whatnot, but... They're both dead. They wouldn't be that old, I guess. Like, they could theoretically still be alive. I think that they're both dead. I think Lorraine just died. That's the main element of this that doesn't work for me, and that, that took me out of it at points, but... Totally. 
I, I was like joking about how many daughters are in this, but that is kind of unique to have like, because normally if you're going to do a story that's not based on, clearly this was based on a real family, you would be like, if there's going to be a big family, like Haunting of Hills or something, a couple guys, a couple, couple sons, a couple daughters, you know, just make it more. Well, and like all the time it's about like fucking, because everyone who makes a fucking movie in Hollywood uh, has daddy issues insidious and i don't know if you've seen it is about a demon that looks like the fucking crypt keeper and also is like constantly making keys he looks like a like he looks like a kindly old cobbler but like as a big red fucking demon trying to take this guy's son away from him like it gets old is he the same director is that the same director james wan that does that insidious as well i don't think james wan did insidious and there is like must be addressed just like oh yeah my daughter uh, being taken away from me and horror films all very often prey on like adult male terror at nascent female sexuality but it's like dracula kind of is based these don't even way back yeah these don't and it really is about like family and terror and the emotional grounding does work which is a very like a vast credit uh to the people who wrote and like worked on the movie because it felt like a real family basically yeah, and horror films, like, really, really try to ground themselves in, like, emotions that you will recognize. And then, if that's super corny, often for me, and, your like, your mileage may vary, it doesn't matter how good the jump scares are. If just, like, the 30 to 40% of the film that aren't jump scares or, like, tension-building moments is just like, boy, I sure do love my daughter. <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't really time in this one for, like thinking about like how much i love my daughter or something you know there was it, it was pretty it, it moved pretty quick and everything yeah it wasn't all in one day or whatever but yeah and like the parents like ron livingston and i think lily taylor's actress like they're both played obviously she gets possessed and has to go a lot bigger but like livingston's like really underplayed i thought like understated like good mm-hmm. just dad whatever they do so well at leaving like the emotional valence to the margins like for you to imagine uh based on like very small interactions and then there's all sorts of room for like a witch to clap in a child's face out of a wardrobe not in the chat the, the witch clapped in the mom's face right because she was the one looking for the daughter uh you're yeah you're probably right i last saw it in march it's because it's just the mom and the youngest daughter i guess isn't old enough to go to school yet like where the other daughters went and she's like they won't let me play you have to play with me and mom's like oh fine and then, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. You should watch The Conjuring 2. It's also very good. I, I was about to ask about that. I'm assuming Conjuring 2 is, for me again, Wilson, like, going to the next mystery, or the next, not mystery, but the next That's right. ghost house or whatever. So, here's the thing, and, and, and this will bring us to a, a movie that I want to at least briefly talk about, uh, Annabelle Comes Home. So, they have made a concentrated effort to create a franchise out of this. And Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2, the, the tent poles of the franchise, are great horror movies. I fucking love them. Annabelle sucks. Annabelle Creation sucks. Curse of La Llorona isn't good. And The Nun is very bad. And then, finally, in 2019... And I won't watch any of these movies, by the way. I'm yeah, not... With stick how, to how many the, films I watch, I'm not even going to dip into six, these. Yeah, mostly. stick to Conjuring 1 and 2. Like, you, you genuinely don't need... There are redeeming qualities to Annabelle. Annabelle Returns, or whatever it's called. Annabelle Creation is... What was the name of the new one? That, Annabelle Creation? Annabelle Creation was from a couple years ago. It, it's genuinely a nothing movie. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to exist. Annabelle Comes Home is like this... like. 
they're back. They've, they've, they've learned the lessons of creating these bad sequels, and The Nun is one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen. They really have figured it out. And it plays this, like, all of the other little trinkets you see in the room, they each, a lot of them anyway, get their own cute little haunt, and, and it's very creepy, and then we move on from it and something else is happening. Because basically the Annabelle doll, um, as as you've noted in, in such early fare as The Conjuring, is like a conduit for, like, other things to use dark energy or whatever and, like, fuck with people. Badness is going to follow wherever it goes. And so all these other uh, artifacts that on their own weren't causing trouble basically locked three teen girls in a house and, like, freaked them the fuck out. And it fucking rules. It's one of the scarier versions of this kind of film. And... So this is a positive review for, for Annabelle Goes Home or whatever, what's it called? Comes Home, yeah. Yeah, no. It's, like, I was delighted at how actually scary it was. And how not shitty the 30%, like I was just saying, of the movie that, that is supposed to be, like, people having conversations about, like, whatever. There's not the beating you over the head with the talking directly to the camera emotions. It re- really works hard to let those develop on their own in the way that, like, some of the other ones forget to try to do. And it's uh, genuinely, like, very tense and, like, creepy and... I would, at this point, let this filmmaker... I, I would love to see a movie by this filmmaker with any of the haunted objects that are in, involved in the in this particular, like, haunting. Like, there's a there's a ghost bride, there's a suit of, like, armor. What's a ghost bride? That's an object? I mean, uh, there's a wedding dress. It's a wedding dress. Or that's just a ghost. That's like It's a wedding bride. dress with a really creepy uh, goth lady who likes to stabby-stab. Uh, there's a, like, suit of armor from, like, like a samurai that like you're walking past it and you can just hear like hundreds of people screaming and dying and weeping uh that is extremely creepy it is the only other film other than conjuring 2 uh, that i recommend that you watch in this franchise especially given how much you don't like supernatural horror movies it's definitely the most quality entry outside of the main line is there any name recognition for any of the actors in it or it's just all you briefly uh there are about 15 minutes of Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. The young daughter was the youngest daughter. Th- their daughter uh, in this film is one of the girls who was trapped in the house. She is the youngest daughter from Hill House. As an adult or as a kid? Uh, she's a child. From the child flashbacks in Hill House? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then the two, there are, there are two teens who, like, I don't recognize from anything. Well, hold on, because if this is supposed to be a teenager... I don't know when Hill House was filmed, but that girl would be pretty young still. She's a child, they're her babysitters. Got it, got it. All right, I mean, I can't promise that I'll be reaching for this one anytime soon, but, like, if a girlfriend in the future wants to watch it or something, maybe I'll, like, steer it in that direction versus some of these other ones. Yeah, The Nun is really bad, Uh, and then La Llorona is not great, and then this one, I was almost, like, losing hope, and it's just, like, nice, like, it's good, like, it's a solid B-. minus. And you saw this in the theater? It's, like, out now? I just saw it uh, uh, earlier this week. All right. I did look up in Insidious, by the way. It is directed by James Wan. Oh, okay, and, okay. Sorry. And it does My also bad. have... It has our boy Patrick Wilson in this one, too. So uh, he's a Wan guy. He's really in this the the Wanaverse. And apparently Rose Burns in that one. I like her, so maybe I'll watch yes. that, actually. It's, like... There are some scares in Insidious, and it does the thing that I don't like when this kind of horror movie over-explains why all the supernatural shit is happening, and then just, like, goes to this weird place 
where basically half the movie is not it, it's not functioning in the same way that like a horror movie functions where like there are things I don't know and those things are terrifying me it's very much like a quest at a certain point okay yeah I don't know I might I don't know if I'll watch it or not but maybe at some point try it I would actually I would recommend Sinister before Insidious they're kind of like a triad of like uh, the good horror films from this from this era and I think you would prefer Sinister that's oh, that's a different director Ethan Hawke's in yeah. that I guess yeah that's labeled as a mystery thriller on Google at least mystery which thriller. maybe I will like it more because I am more into the, the thriller than uh, the horror for the most part I guess like I was just thinking about this like one thing they say in like the uh, I mean in the Conjuring too is like people are haunted not get haunted not the objects or whatever didn't they say something like that yes so like I prefer it. This is never gonna be one of my favorite genres, the, the paranormal stuff. But I I like it maybe more than I used to, or I can get behind it a little bit more. But something about like people being haunted, or I I can get behind it more. I think if it's like a metaphor, sort of. You know what I mean? Like even if it's literally in the movie, that there really is like ghosts doing stuff. If it's like about the characters, and this is why I think the Hill House TV shows a little bit more in this vein. Like, it's about the characters' struggles, really. Or, like, they're mirroring yeah. what's going on with their lives or the problems they have. Or, and it's coming out in these, like, ghosts and whatever. And then it just becomes the extent to which that pays off. Yeah. And you know what I mean? But then it's kind of, like, it can be a metaphor at a certain point. When the, when it's literally, like, the exorcist stuff of, like, it's God is real, the devil is real. Sure. All this. We need to put a cross up to do this. That's when I'm really, like, I don't, I don't need this, you know? Like, I just don't. Totally. Just not my aesthetic. Even when I do like like the film overall, like The Conjuring, when it's well done, well directed, I like the characters, I like the setup, I like the vibe, all of that. But then it, it's just always going to take me out a little bit with this the mm-hmm. god-devil stuff or whatever. I hear you. I've forgotten what I was going to say. You liked Hereditary, right? Because that's literally like a demon who uh, is part of the Christian canon. No, I'm going, I'm getting, I'm going to get what do you call it i'm gonna get uh the flame for this one but i still haven't seen it i know we did the midsummer scene hereditary no and it's on amazon prime i i don't know i'll get around to it eventually even though i did really did like midsummer too but um by the same guy but yeah i don't know for something some reason i feel like it's there's scenes that are awkward to watch or are gonna just be hard to watch or whatever i don't know and i did know what happens basically i know that there's one scene that's pretty fucking hard to watch yeah, I don't even think... I think I know what you're talking about, and that's not even what, what I'm saying. But isn't, like, the Tony Clegg character... Like, that's more what I mean. Like, isn't her whole thing, like, very, like... Is it a movie where she does a bunch of, like, um... Just, like, a bunch of soliloquies about being crazy or, like, different things like that that are, like, really awkward? Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of, like, tough family psychological moments in it. It's also a great movie. I, I'll watch it. I will watch it. I'll watch it by the time next Halloween rolls around. By the time we do the threequel to this, the movies are relevant horror edition, I will have, I promise I will have watched it by All right. So we're about... And, and uh, you know, in response or quid pro quo, I, you have to watch at least one horror movie from the 60s. All right. Preferably no problem. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I think you probably would like The Haunting, honestly. Maybe that's the one. But yeah, we should wrap this up, I guess, unless you have uh, something... Yeah, so, like, very briefly, what are, like, what are some other things that you've seen recently that you wanted to shout out in this context? Just of horror films or anything. You know what, I watched another, like, In the House thing. I had never seen People Under the Stairs till I just watched that. Really? 
my mom is obsessed with that movie. Your mom is, you said? Yeah, like your free throughout. It's like I described my relationship to the grudge to you. Uh, that's her, the grudge. Okay. There's like people on the walls in that one, obviously, and stuff where people are running around all through like a crazy house. So it's a little bit similar to what you're saying, even though it's... In the walls, under the stairs. Yeah. And because I, I never realized that the um, the two characters from Twin Peaks, the TV show, are that are a married couple in Twin Peaks, are like the two villains and, and you know, and people under yes. the stairs. They're, yes. they're the same actors. It's kind of funny. And that one this has definitely a lot of uh, social commentary, obviously. It's like about the ghetto or, you know, like how uh, minorities are treated things like that or poor people are treated as well it definitely has its it's a class consciousness yeah Wes Craven though yeah so I just watched that one I watched this one called Goodnight Mommy I don't know if you've seen that I've not seen it's that it's only from a few years ago it's a German language I believe it's I would also call this more of like a well I guess it is psychological horror as well but it's a little bit more of a thriller as well than horror I thought but I think it might be listed under horror on Amazon Prime that's like one of the twisty kind of movies. It's like um, these two twin boys, their mom comes back home. Evidently, she was in an accident. She is like, her face is all bandaged up. And they like start to suspect that she's like been replaced or something. And it's not really their mom. That's like the, the setup for the movie. Mm, okay. It's pretty good, though. I, I, I recommend it. It's more of a, it's one, more of one of those style over substance type of films i would say you know not over substance but you know like over more of the mood mood over you know and cinematography and all that over plot type of thing you know i watch a bunch of uh i probably have some more uh older films that i've seen oh i watched another newer film crawl the uh, gator movie was pretty good i like that one have you seen that oh yeah uh no i've not seen it only came out a few months ago, I think. Yeah, I recommend that one. That's pretty good. Again, not exactly. I mean, that's more of like, I, if you would call it Jaws or one of those of those animal attacks movies, horror. It, it's horror in a sense, but not exactly like that. Doesn't have much. It doesn't share much connective tissue with like a paranormal yeah. movie or anything like that. But, but again, I like at, at least for this type of genre, I like it when it's more something that could happen or more realistic or something. But yeah, that one's about like girl and her dad getting trapped in their house in florida in a hurricane when the end gators like kind of trap them in the basement so that's under the all these film a lot of these films got basement stuff going on in the wall in the house walls things going on clearly uh the genre needs even in a lot of its different forms needs like a one location the movie i started talking about at the beginning of this episode or an hour ago whatever happened in baby jane is basically all it takes place in their house they live in and that's maybe why, you know, they can film these movies for cheaper as well. Not a lot of locations. They call them bottle episodes for TV episodes that take place in one location. But but it also, other than just saving money, it really does work to set the mood and, like, kind of give you the vibe of being trapped somewhere, which is essential for a lot of these things. Because, like... Because mm-hmm. if you're not in a house in the middle of nowhere, and you can just go, you know, if it's like... That's why horror movies, for the most part, are, don't take place in uh you know williamsburg brooklyn or something or wherever you live in brooklyn <laughs> i live in bushwick thank you bushwick now yeah that's right or, or carol guards are not like in a big apartment building although rosemary's baby i guess is an exception to that but uh i think it is does take place in a new york apartment but you know what i'm saying though like 
Yeah, like, a lot of horror movies take place outside the city limits in a house, so, like, in a house that was clearly there for 20 or 30 years before you you got there. And that is for a reason. Like, <laughs> leaving the limits of human society is one of the more terrifying things you can do. Leaving the places where, like, other people are lighting the street for you is one of the more terrifying things you can do. Uh, like, backwoods Arkansas is terrifying, even if you don't, like, meet a single person and know that ghosts aren't real. Yeah, so you're gonna set your movie there, right? I absolutely am. Well, get that one written. You know, I'll try to help produce it. We'll get this, uh, this Arkansas. It needs to be in more. Fa- Is there a lot of movies that take place in Arkansas? I'm assuming no. But... The last movie that took place in Arkansas that got a wide release was Mud, which rules. Mud's a great movie. Oh yeah, you've told me about that before. That's right. Yeah, that is good. That was a a key point in the reconnaissance. Yeah, all right. Well, we we got to cut it off. Um, so that'll do it for the the spook wall of Miss Movies Are Relevant Horror Films. I don't know. Is that a good title the for this? The what? The spook wall. Like the sequel. Spook wall. Oh. But sp- I get spookwall. it. Okay. Yes. Maybe no, that it'll works. Maybe better on Ren. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Movies Are Relevant on Brooklyn Rebound Network. Let's not wait this long till I know we want to talk NFL stuff too. Or I, I actually speaking of scary, our NFL teams these past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get into the uh, the Cowboys are in a slasher film. There's other things we would yeah the God the clapper it. is the new villain <laughs> the new gonna be the next. Uh, anyway. There's other things we want to talk about. That's why I can't do movie episodes all the time. But we just got we can't wait as long until until the next one as we did for this one. So I love talking these films. It's almost Oscar season. We'll we'll see some movies. Yeah, that's true. It ramps back up. We'll do a we'll do a spook wall to our Oscars one too. I'll, I'll... We should do the parasite. Everyone's freaking out about the parasite. Are they? Wow, this is looking bad on me. I don't even know if I know. It. Who is it? The new Bong Joon Ho movie. The guy who did Okja and um, Snowpiercer. Anyway, it's the new hotness. Oh shit! It's playing at the ArcLight. I might go. Maybe I'll go to the not get out. Get out to the 10 p.m. showing tonight. Probably not. But yes, I will watch that. Yeah, a lot of good. There's a uh, like JoJo Rabbit. I think new Taika Waititi movie. I want to check that out. Mm, yeah. So yeah, a lot of lots to talk about. We'll be like back for that, that soon. In the meantime, stay subscribed if you're not already. If you'd be listening this deep into it, I would imagine you probably are. But uh, yeah. Check out my, again, Drew's views on YouTube. Check out Eric on Twitter at No Thanks Y'all for his Bon Mots. And, you know, baking a British Bake Off wrap-up of this season episode. I don't know if there's any interest in that. We might have to do that. Not recorded, but uh, I'll be into that, too. <laughs> and you know we'll talk. It's a conference call. Evangelion in a few months. So, uh, all right, that'll do it for this one. Happy Halloween, everybody, 2019. Have a good time. Watch a lot of movies. And until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Pod Boys Productions.